day I'm hustling, every day I'm hustling, every day I'm hustling, every day I'm hustling. Hey guys, welcome back to Jewels on the Hustle. I hope everyone had a blessed and lovely Thanksgiving, whether you were alone or with your family. A lot to be thankful for this year, you know, a time of chaos and uh, uncertainty. Today's episode is really special because we have wonderful guest Ekaterina Alexandrova from Russia joining us. I'm particularly excited to have her because she's ranked in the top 50, ranked 33. A lot of times my guests are outside the top 100, so to get a different perspective is extremely exciting to me. I want to hear her takes on maybe the differences in tennis level, differences in tennis treatment maybe among, you know, the tennis um, players or the tournaments, hotels, just what kind of, if, if any, is the treatment different. So it'll be interesting to hear her take as someone that's obviously been in the top 100 and outside the top 100. Also want to talk to her about how she feels about there being less women's tournaments versus men turn- men's tournaments. This is something we dove into last week with Katie, someone, you know, like myself outside the top 100. So hearing her take as number 33 in the world, does she really feel that difference? Does she see it? Why doesn't anyone kind of talk about it? I also want to ask her about Ashley Barty being number one in the world, finishing number one, although only competing up until about March. Does she think that's fair? Does she think the ranking system is fair? Lastly, getting ready for Australia. There's been rumors that players wouldn't be allowed to go to Australia in December. They'd have to be in a two-week quarantine. How would that work? And all that good stuff. So let's dive into this episode. Let's talk to Katya from Russia. All right, Katya, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It's so nice to see you. Yeah, thanks. It's Thanks for having me. <laughs> yes, of course. You're in Prague, right? So... You yeah. know, a bit, a little bit of a distance, but thanks to Zoom, we can uh, stay in touch. Um, yeah. <laughs> so this podcast is called Jewels on the Hustle. Do you know the word hustle? Do you know what it means to be a hustler? Uh, sort of. Not hundred percent. Yeah. Like I can't imagine it. <laughs> I mean. I'll tell you right now. I know you're a hustler. You know, a hustler is someone that you know. You can't be a high-level tennis player without it. You know, you work so hard every day. You do whatever it takes to get yourself or your tennis game to the next level. So would you say you're a hustler? Yeah, maybe in some ways. (laughs) What would you say gives you that drive, that motivation each day to work hard? Um, I think uh, the results. Yeah. Because when you have some kind of goals and you want to achieve them, it's kind of like motivates you to do like better and better. So like if you have no goal, I think like it's hard to be a hustler. <laughs> exactly. So do you set yourself long-term and short-term goals? Um, I think like more short-term because um, it's easier to achieve. Like when you have a huge goal, I mean, it needs more time obviously to achieve that. And when you have something like short goals, like you can achieve it easier. And it's like, I think it's more fun to do. Yeah, 
And I think with the short goals, you can make more of them. Whereas the long goal, do you make any long-term goals, like yearly goals? Um, I mean, sometimes I, I kind of have some kind of like goal in front of me somewhere, but it mostly is just like short goals. Yeah. Because I mean, like when you achieve a short short goal, it's like, yeah, it's good. I achieved something. But like when you're trying to achieve like huge goal, sometimes it's just like, it's it's harder and it's longer and it's it's not that fun (laughs) yeah no that totally makes sense so you're in Prague how is the COVID situation there um it's pretty bad here I mean I think now now it's everywhere it's pretty bad but here um I think we're in lockdown here since October everything is closed except like grocery stores and pharmacies but even like grocery stores now have like um, you need to wait a line to get in in the store because they have only like certain amount of people allowed to be at the same place at the same time. And uh, on Sundays everything is closed, like everything. Oh, All the wow. gas stations are working. And I think now it's for like for two months now. So everyone is hoping like for Christmas it will be like easier. It's not that strict, but. No one knows. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, yeah, I didn't realize you guys are in lockdown. In the United States, it's so bad, of course, but for some reason we're not in, in not in lockdown again, not yet at least. I think if it continues this way, we will end up in another lockdown. Have you started your uh, preseason training? How could you do that uh, in lockdown? Not yet. I think I will start maybe next week. So far, I'm enjoying, like, off-season. Off-season. Say that. <laughs> What's, like, a day like for you in off-season in lockdown? Nothing really special. I'm just staying at home, like, whole day long. Maybe I can go to the groceries once a day, maybe, like, once two days just to buy some food and just staying home. That's it. <laughs> no, that sounds nice because you're used to, you know, high pace, like, very... Um, packed schedule so now you get to actually enjoy the day maybe do some reading or just leisure time self-care so my question for you is all year long you had the decision of whether you wanted to compete and travel or you know you can say you don't you don't feel safe enough with COVID how did you make the decision with your team that you know it's okay to play some tournaments um I don't know. I mean, it. Was, I think it was pretty easy for me because I wasn't that scared to start playing, traveling. Of course, I, I was nervous because we were stuck at home like for six months or maybe more. And first couple of tournaments, I was really nervous. And because like we need to travel again, like planes, airports, like different countries, different rules. And it was kind of scary. But I think after a couple of weeks, couple of tournaments, it's it was kind of normal so um i don't know i was so tired of practicing and staying home so for me it was i was so glad when finally tour was like running again so i was just it was i think it was great opportunity to uh return to like normal life again not stuck at home and just do something and go somewhere so i think it wasn't that hard decision for me (laughs) Did you have to adjust your schedule maybe 
towards tournaments in countries where the COVID level was lower? Or did you feel like the WTA knew what was okay and what was safe? I mean, we still have the protocol. So basically, we're staying at the hotel and tennis courts. Like, you don't go to the city. So no, we're just staying in the courts. But I think it was summer. And in the summer, it wasn't that bad everywhere. It was kind of like, okay. So... No, I think um, it didn't bother me that much at this at this moment. So, no. Before this podcast recording, I was so excited to ask you this question because I knew you when you were outside of the top 100. And, you know, since 2017, <laughs> you've been in the top 100. I want to ask you truly, do you feel like a huge difference in level between maybe 200, 300, 400, and then top 100. What do you think are the biggest differences? Uh, uh, well, I think the biggest difference is consistency. So I think when you're like top, top player, I mean like top 10, you play at the same level, like the whole tournament, the whole match. So like you you like have some time of level and you play, like you can keep it like through the whole match and through the whole like tournament and maybe the season. But I think when you like at outside top hundred, like you can play uh, one match just like so great, it just like can be amazing. But the next one, it wasn't that great. So I think it's the biggest difference for me, like inconsistency. Yeah, I th- again, I think in WTR tour now it's like everyone can beat everyone. So it depends on the match. So like you can go on the court and like beat uh, like I don't know someone from top ten. Because, uh, I don't know, everyone playing so good now, it, I think it's just like really the big difference is consistency of playing. No, that's huge. And I totally agree. Not that I've been top 100, but <laughs> I, I like, I think people from the outside don't really realize that the level could be so similar. You know, you could play someone ranked 400 that plays incredible one no, day. It, yeah. But the yeah, consistency, no, it, yeah. Like, totally, because, like, even now, like, if you play with someone, like, top 50, it, and and next match can be, like, top 120, uh, one, 200, 100, it, it can be almost the same, because it depends, honestly, on the day. So one day you can play great, but other day you cannot play great. But still, I think everyone plays kind of the same now. Now, from a money standpoint, would you say it's maybe less stressful? You're able to get into tournaments more and stuff like that. Yeah, of course. Now, yeah, it's much easier. Like because now, uh, when you're like top fifty, it's easier to do the schedule because, like, you you know, like you will be in the manager of this tournament. You can play this tournament and this one, or uh, maybe there, like there you can play qualies. But you know, so like you can like do some kind of schedule. But I think when you like uh, around top hundred, it's tougher to do because like you never know if you if you get in in the manager here or it it will be qualis and what you're gonna do next. So I think yeah, it's easier when like you're top fifty. I think yeah, it's just easier to do the schedule. Oh, that's such a great point because when you're not in the in the top, you have to each week kind of monitor the list. You're like, oh, I'm three out yeah. of the tournament. Like do every I every day? sometimes like like twice a day so if if there's any changes so like uh, do i need to check it again or do i need to like just like withdraw from the tournament because like there's no chance 
I can't tell you, I can't tell you how many practices I was, I was practicing and then I had to go on my phone and just keep refreshing and withdraw and it's, it's definitely a stressful, it's so stressful. (laughs) Do you feel like you're treated differently maybe at the tournaments or just in general? Do you feel there's a different treatment when you're maybe top 50? Um, maybe from uh, maybe some people like uh, not not as close friends or family because they're all the same. But I think sometimes people like um, who like you meet just like not that long ago. Um, sometimes it can be different because like uh, they met you when you were on top, you were playing great, and like they have kind of like. Uh, that feeling like you're so great player and they want to like um treated you differently but sometimes like when you're not play- playing that good as you were before it's kind of like it can change and you're not as great for them anymore so but i think it's um for, not for me it's like uh, like my close friends and family like they stay in the same the whole time that's that's a good point. I keep saying every time you say something, I say that's a good point. I'm not sure why, but I feel like <laughs> everything you're saying is kind of resonating with me. I know deep down you can feel when someone is kind of just like kissing up to you because you're winning or doing, you yeah, feel the yeah. difference. I mean, first couple of times, maybe you can notice it, but I think after like five or 10 times, <laughs> like, uh, I see what you're doing. Uh- <laughs> You're like, you can't fool me. I know what this is all about. You're a Jersey chaser. I've been there, so I, I know like, yeah. you need something from me. Like, <laughs> Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. So a bigger issue here is this is, I think, a more serious thing that not enough women talk about. How come there's so many men, more men's tournaments each week than women's? There's about four tournaments for the ATP versus one to two for the women each week. Does this bother you? Have you noticed it? It's a good, um, it's a good question, but I don't know. But um, yeah, I saw I, I saw the calendar and on ITP tour, it's like so many tournaments, especially now. The end of the year, I think October, November, it's like every week was like three or four tournaments in one week. And we, we had like only one tournament and then like, almost three three weeks of nothing and then one more tournament and that's it but i don't know maybe it depends on the tour um on the tournaments itself so i don't know because we're supposed to have a lot of tournaments in asia but since it were closed so there it was hard to find maybe new spots new locations new tournaments maybe it wasn't that easy to do so i don't know but i wish we had more tournaments of course to play have you heard any other ladies discussing how this is unfair or that it affects, you know, their oh, yeah, income? Course. Yeah. <laughs> because especially when um, on ATP calendar, there was like two tournaments in a row in Germany, like in the, sa- in the same like location, like two weeks in a row. And everyone's like, like, why? They have like two tournaments in one spot, like two weeks in a row. And we like, we have nothing to play. It's kind of like, um, I don't know, because it was kind of upset because like, you know, like when 
I think it was after French Open, so like they were, they were playing like every week, and like you just like see the tournaments and just like ATP, 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 and no like WTA tournaments. It was kind of like sad, I think, at some point. And I hope like maybe next year it will be better. Yeah, and it's not even at just at the WTA level, even in the ITF Pro Circuit events. I know you came yeah. to the United States. Some of these, or even in like Europe, some of these 25Ks have people ranked top 100. Like it's just, it makes yeah. it so hard for anyone else to get in. They're, it's stacked. Um, do you think that sh- there should be a ranking cut? for maybe some lower level tournaments like 25,000s or 60,000s? Um, I don't know. Maybe I think if it will be easier for everyone, so like they will know. So maybe at um, 25K will be like no players like rank like top 100 or so. So they will, so they will knew. So yeah, so we have some spots to like to play. So we have like more spots in the tournament. So maybe like if they can do like they have this thing um, with uh, WTA one twenty five. Mm-hmm. So I think no one uh, in top fifty cannot play there in major like without uh, wild card. So maybe maybe we can try to do that. I don't know. Maybe it will work out. Yeah, I feel like but it. Yeah. Sorry. Continue. There's like no no no. It just like yeah. It's like it was. Not a lot of tournaments like ITF, WTA, so like, I don't know, maybe it will change next year, but so far this year it was like pretty, pretty bad. Yeah, and that kind, I wanted to go back to, you know, COVID and choosing whether you want to play tournaments or not. I want to talk about Djokovic and uh, Barty, you know, they each finished number one in the world this year. Obviously, Novak, he played so many tournaments, but Barty, not so much. How do you, without, you know, I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable, but do you think it's kind of fair that she was able to finish one in the world? Or do you think there, it's a, it was a weird ranking system this year? I mean, this I think this year in total, like, it's it's so, so weird then. <laughs> Um, because now they have uh, the best of ranking, so like no points are like dropping up, so you can just like do do the best and it will count. So um, I think it's some it's some way it's fair to the players. So because you never know if the tournament's gonna gonna be or it will be cancelled. So at least um, you're not losing the points, but it's it's some way like I don't know. Maybe there's just like huge difference in points between Barty and everyone else. So like she can keep like the first first place. So I don't know, but I think so far before like we can be past the COVID thing, I think it's pretty good like to keep like ranking not frozen, but if you play better than you play last year, you can like you can earn some points. But if you're not, at least like you're not losing them because like. Uh, no one wants to travel sometimes to the tournament because of the COVID or or maybe some kind of like dif- different uh, problems they have. Like they don't want to risk like their health or maybe like coaches and parents. So like they prefer to stay home and not play. So I think it's fair for them. So they're not losing the points at this time. So I don't know what uh, I think we need to wait what it's going to be the next year. 
That makes sense. I agree it should definitely be the personal the person's decision, which seems like it was. I know the fact that Barty finished one was a little controversial to some people, but I mean, that's what the WTA set up in their ranking system, so she she didn't do anything wrong. Um so you know the I mean it's not it's not her fault. I mean <laughs> <laughs> No, of course not. Of course not. I'm just trying to bring the, the gossip in, the the media's take, and then see what you have to say. Yeah. I no, I agree. It um, it's not her fault, and I, it's not unfair. Uh, so that's just how the ranking system was this year. Yeah, it just it is what it is. I mean, for me, it's like not big a deal at all because I mean, if he will keep like the first place, not playing the tournament. I mean, it's just good for her. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so the fa- the fans see, you know, only the TV moments, the good stuff. How would you describe maybe the interaction between the the ladies in the locker room or at practice, maybe day to day? Um, I don't know, but for me, it's good. I. I, I don't feel some kind of like uh, bad atmosphere in the locker room or maybe in the tournament. For me, I don't know, but it, it feels great. I mean, everyone sto- talks to with someone. Everyone has has kind of friends and like kind of groups, and uh, nothing like um, like it's pretty like in, bad inside and everyone hates everyone, but. Um, I don't know. I think it's good, and especially now when it starts like period in time everywhere, I think everyone um, even more like uh, open to each other. It's it's some ways. So I don't know. I have nothing to tell about it because yeah. like I don't have any issues with the girls. <laughs> yeah. In the locker room, so maybe outside the locker room. So I don't know. For me, it's. Everything is pretty good. Yeah, maybe if you ask certain people, they'll have something to say. But for you, you know, you're you're well liked, and I mean, yeah, I'm just like I I don't spend that much in the locker room. <laughs> no, <laughs> you I don't you don't hang out and chill all day. <laughs> no, not so maybe that's why. Yeah, maybe that. Hey, I don't I don't blame you. But um, so then, how would you say you're able to? transition from you know having some friendships on tour to being a super competitive person out on the court um i don't know for me it was always like um the match is completely different it's not like real life so even if you're playing against i don't know a friend so it's still a match like but i don't know when you when you finish when you're done with the game i think uh, we are again like same people and we all understand that it's just a play and just a game so nothing like serious so because uh, but i haven't played maybe like just a couple times with the close friends and every time it it went pretty good after the match we went maybe for the dinner or something just like just a small talk <laughs> oh yeah so i think yeah well, that's great. I mean, I feel like for myself, when I play friends, it takes me a few games to kind of settle in. 
I don't know. Like, I feel like if you have to actually think about having to settle in or like, should I not say come on because she's my friend? That means you're still thinking about it. If it's kind of just you're in the moment and you say, come on, because you had a good shot. That means, you know, you're actually in the match and you're kind of just focused on the ball. Yeah, because I know um, that if I play against like my friend, so if maybe I say I said come on, on the game, she understands that it's a game. So, like it's not a big deal. So I know like she can do the same way, and it's not a big deal for me either. So <laughs> it's just yeah. a game, nothing, nothing more, no, nothing that... like. Uh, between us on the court like it's just a game if we need to play it just it is what it is we're competitors we're competing we could be doing the same thing while playing um monopoly or any other games yeah it's even tougher sometimes to play monopoly because every time we play with family it's it's always end up pretty bad (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah no that's that's even worse than the match <laughs> yeah so there's no secret that the life of a tennis player is super difficult tons of travel you're living out of your suitcase um and then constantly um you know competing and living that lifestyle would you say you overall enjoy it or do you have to like kind of push yourself a little bit no, I think now I'm kind of enjoying it, but uh, at first uh, it was kind of tough because it was like, it was different and it was tough to travel all the time. Like if you play one tournament, you need to go home in, like for a day and then you need, to go, you need to go for the next tournament. But now I think it's easier because I'm used to it and it's not a big deal for me right now. And I'm kind of missing right now that feeling of traveling. So when you travel from one place to another and when you're stuck at home, maybe that's why. But (laughs) I don't know. But for me now, it's kind of lifestyle and I like it. I only want to give my hustlers the best of the best. So let me tell you about the light blue grip that does not slip. Torn a grip. When I first started competing in tennis, I would lose my racket everywhere. I'd play doubles and I'd hit my partner in the head with my racket. When I played golf, I would just lose my club. I played badminton and I lost my racket. I grip everything with Torna grip. This grip has changed my life. It is literally the only grip that gets tackier as it gets wet. So perfect for my extremely sweaty palms. No one really knows what's going on there, but it works. It works so good. The blue color is trademarked, so you can see that iconic blue everywhere you go. I'm telling you guys, this is the best grip, and if you want to be the best tennis player you can be, you will use no other grip than the Torna grip. You're welcome. Go get some and tell me how it works. Obviously, winning helps a lot because when you lose first round, it just... And you have to stick around if you can't go home. It really is not pleasant. No, it's, it's, it's the worst. Yeah. How, would, how do you deal with maybe a first round loss and bounce back? Um, sometimes it's not easy to do because... Uh, like I don't know when you play maybe like first day in the tournament and you lose it right away and you have like next tournament 
in one week and you need to stay at the same place. Um, it's bad because like everyone around you is competing. They're still in the tournament. Like they they still like um, getting ready for the matches, the practice, and you you like you have nothing to do. Honestly, you just like uh, you can only practice. <laughs> You can only practice and be jealous <laughs> and yeah, wish that was you. Everyone's still playing and you lost on the first day and now like for seven days you need to only practice. And I, I, I'm trying not to think about it, but sometimes like this feeling is so, so like, uh, so big of jealousy because you lost right, right away and everyone's still playing and just like, ah, I wish, I wish I'm not lost. Like maybe at first day, maybe like second or third. So like. I have like only like three days more for practice, but uh, it's it's a pretty bad feeling. And then on top <laughs> of that, Katya, you have to practice before the players come to warm up. If you need to get court time, you know, if they're warming up at eight o'clock or nine o'clock, you have to come at yeah. seven. So and then you have to wake up early. Well, it's like there's because they have priority because they still play in the tournament and you are not. <laughs> exactly. So they get to sleep in a little more and play a match. It, it's yeah, rough. Or like you need to go in the morning or maybe like late in the evening because like um, the most like uh, wanted hours, they already like gave it to the players who still in competition. Yeah, that's... We've all been there. We all knew how it feels. Yeah. I feel like someone that's not a tennis player will say, oh, yeah, like, losing first round stinks, it sounds like. But they don't realize how actually, like, if you have to stay at that site, like, there's so many layers of just anger, jealousy, um, just frustration. And so if anyone that says that they don't mind, like, mind it that much, that... I don't believe them. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> How about the whole, you know, kind of living out of your suitcase and being away from friends and family for some weeks? How do you deal with that? Um, I'm kind of used to it again, but uh, we all now have, like, WhatsApps and everything, like FaceTime, so you can chat, you can, like, call, video call. So it's not that hard, I think, that it was like a long time ago. So, um, and maybe like first couple years on the tour, maybe first year was tough. But after, again, just like, you're just used to it. And it seems fine to you. So you know you will be gone for like a month, but then you will be back and Mm -hmm. everything will be okay. Has there ever been a time in your career that you said, I've had enough, I don't want to play any more tournaments, I, this is not for me? Have you ever, I feel like a lot of players go through that kind of time. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's happened to me so many times. I mean, um, right, right when I was a kid, so I was just practicing and I think after, I think almost every day I was like, I don't like it. I don't want to do it. It's not for me. I just, I just hate it. But again, next day I'm going to practice and doing like all, all things kind of over again. And uh, at some points, like you want to finish, or like, like I'm done with it even more because like after maybe some, if you lost much or something like very painful and you, know, I don't want to do it. I don't, I don't, I, I don't know like what's the point. <laughs> so if I gonna lose again like next match. But after maybe uh, one hour or two hours after, like, 
after a loss. It's no, it's it's okay. I can handle it. So maybe next match will be will be better. But I think I wanted to finish with like with tennis like so many times, and I don't know what what stopped me to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm gonna ask you. What do you think? There's anything that stopped you? Honestly, I don't know. I I, I so many times I was so close just to quit, but I don't know. I never done. I never did it, but I don't know why. <laughs> And was this like when you were still ranked like in the top 100 or when you were outside? Um, or both? I think outside because yeah. because when you're top 100, you, you can play uh, main draws, all grand slaps, like big tournaments at least. I think I think it's still like a good motivation. But when you uh, top 200, top 300, it's like it seems so far away, the grand slams and the big tournaments. So... At some points, you just like kind of uh, kind of losing the way and feeling like the thing you're doing like it's it's not right and it's not for you. At some points, so I don't know, maybe yeah, something like that. Based off of what you're saying and how I've felt, it when you're outside the top 100, which is what I've only ever been. When I lose, I kind of question what I'm doing. I question my process, my coaches, my um, if this is <laughs> everything. the everything. The if this is the career for me, you know, I'm away from family, friends, relationships. But then it seems like you're saying when you're in the top 100, you kind of know you're closer and you made it, and it's a little bit more more luxurious. You know, the hotels are better, the food is better. Just the life is kind of better and it doesn't feel like you're, it doesn't really feel like you're struggling. Maybe you'll, you'll of course feel frustrated, but more like fuel towards your next match rather than kind of just despair and sadness. It's, I think for me, it's like when you see the goal or at least you're like kind of closer to the goal. It's easier to not to think about some kind of like uh, bad matches or something like that. But still, at some points, even like when you're top 50, sometimes when you lose like match after match, you start start like kind of question yourself. Like, uh, I mean, I'm pretty bad. So why I, I'm even like top, top 50? Because like I, I lost like, I don't know. I think six matches in a row at, at some point that like, I mean, how I even get there <laughs> because, and I start questioning, maybe I was just like at some point, or maybe I need to change completely like everything, the practices, the team, just like, uh, even my, like myself, uh, everything that I do. And I think it's not of the ranking, but just like just think when you're losing, you're just like kind of feeling not yourself and like everything is bad. So, but when you're winning, it doesn't matter if you're like top 50 or like top 200. Like when you win, you kind of feel like feeling like good and you know everything is going like the way you want it to be. And maybe that's why. Yeah. So the highs of. Winning in tennis are like, it feels like amazing. But then when you lose, it's like the complete opposite. I think because, you know, it's an individual sport. Everything's on your shoulders. If you win, it's like, great job. 
you did it. And if you lose, you're like, you suck. It's all on you. So there's no team, yeah, it's nothing. All be- it's all because of you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I heard that they're not letting, that Australia is not letting people to the country in December. Is that the latest? Is that what you heard? Uh, I know you're getting probably ready for that Australian swing of tournaments. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think somewhere in October, WTA uh, sent us email about that uh, we need to go like uh, two weeks quarantine. So we need to, if we want, like if we plan to play first tournaments in Australia, somewhere in like in January. So we need to be there around like 14th of December to be able to go through quarantine and then maybe some day, few days for like more preparation. And um, I think like a week ago, we can have some, something like that. They send us email that like the government, they're not allowing the players to go in December. And so far, I'm not sure if they agree at something, if we can go in January, so they will move like the dates of Australian Open or if it will be the same or I don't know. So far, like I don't have like much information about it. So I'm still waiting. So you're just kind of taking it day by day. As of now, you're just expected to go in January? I mean, so far, I don't know. Everyone waiting like that they will move dates of Australian Open, maybe for like a um, week or two. So That would make sense. In January, yeah. So we have like time to prepare. And everyone's question, if we will be allowed to practice while we're on quarantine. Because if, if not, it will be pretty tough yeah (laughs) no actually yeah can you imagine you have to be in your like hotel room for two weeks and that would not be good preparation oh no i mean you still can practice i think in the room like do some exercises but it will be so tough to play a strong open after that oh yeah (laughs) especially the australians would have a major major advantage I mean, huge. I mean, Ashley would just win. <laughs> yeah. Can yeah. you imagine, you know, everyone, you know, is stuck in their hotel rooms for two weeks and then, you know, Ashley Barty is out there practicing. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I think she's been there, like, since yeah. since March in Australia. Yeah. So. She's only, I think, I, I did some research. She only, I think, played tournaments in January, February, and then since then just been yeah no it, it will be tough i think for everyone if if we won't allow to practice while on quarantine but but again it's not for us to decide <laughs> no it's definitely not in our definitely not in our hands so on a more serious note um this has kind of been a hot topic for the last few weeks and i don't know if you have any friendships or relationships with either alexander zverev or Olya Sharapova, I believe she's Russian. Um, I just wanted to see if you had a take on uh, this situation or what you've heard. Um, I just heard about it because I don't, I don't know him like personally, and I don't know her. So I mean, it's not for me to judge, and like everything I know is just like from the newspaper, and and we all know like in the newspaper like they can write everything like they want so i don't know it's it's hard for me to tell something because like 
when you don't know like the whole story like you cannot judge and do some kind of like uh any thoughts about it because like you don't know the whole story so i don't know i know there was some anger about how the atp handled it that no one or they didn't kind of release a statement for a few weeks did you uh, have any problems with that or did anyone around you ever express that they should say something honestly no because i just read it in the newspaper and that's it that was it i didn't follow it like the whole story like after and i don't know but I don't know what's supposed to do ATP. Maybe they they should do some kind of statement or maybe not. I, honestly, I don't know. It's hard to tell for me. Um, because maybe they they don't know the whole story too. Or I, I don't know. It's it's really hard to tell because it's uh, it, this topic, it's not easy because... Uh, it's touchy. It's very tell, touchy. Yeah, and it's hard to tell something about it. Then you don't know, like, nothing. (laughs) So, lastly, we're going to move on to something fun. We're going to play a little game called Katya's Hustle. (laughs) (laughs) So, you're going to tell me the first thing that comes to your mind when I ask you the questions, okay? Okay. Okay. What's your favorite city? So. Favorite Grand Slam? Australian Open. Favorite activity to relax on the road? On the road? Uh, music. Favorite pregame meal or snack? Uh, pasta with chicken. Would you prefer an early match or late match? Early match. Oh. Always. Why? Um, I don't like playing late because when you play first or second, um, you know it's it's gonna be like for sure like maybe I know if you start at ten, if you play first, you know for sure you will start at ten. Or if maybe if second, maybe like around eleven or twelve. But if you play like last match, you need to wait like whole day. Like, you need to prepare yourself for the match. And you, like, keep thinking about the match. But then in the morning, you just, like, play and you're done. For you're the day. Du- exactly. Isn't that the whatever best? You, yeah, you can do whatever you want. That's the best feeling, being done and then just having the day to yeah. relax. Like, every, everyone's still, like, warming up, practices and everything. And you're done. You can go to the hotel and do whatever you want. This is literally the best feeling ever. Yeah. Do you prefer to meditate or journal? Uh, journal. Journal. Extra coffee or nap if you're tired? Coffee. <laughs> you're not a napper. No, I always feel kind of like cough after nap. <laughs> so yeah. I'm kind of, I prefer coffee. Prefer coffee. What's something you can't live without? Uh, <laughs> headphones. What's something that makes you really mad? Uh, delays. <laughs> everywhere, like matches, planes. Yes, <laughs> that's a good one. I like that. Someone you want to be like? Uh, 
It's a hard one. I don't know. It's no. a hard one. Uh, or someone that inspires you, um, motivates you. It doesn't have to be a tennis player. It can be someone like an actress, actor. Um, mm. I don't know. I honestly never thought about it. So maybe... Uh, and, yeah. Maybe just like my dad. Yeah. He always like... If he, if he has something in mind, he always, like, will achieve it. Like, doesn't matter, like, what or, like, how. He always, like, he always achieves something that he wants. So, maybe, oh. yeah. He goes after what he set his <laughs> mind to. That's great. Always. I mean, if he has something on his mind, like, some kind of, like, plan or goal, like, it doesn't matter, like, about, like, conditions or everything. He just, like... He goes like straight. Right there. Oh, now we know where you get it from, your intensity and your drive. Lastly, if you weren't playing tennis, what would you be doing? Uh, hmm, I don't know. No. Maybe cooking. A chef cooking. or something. There you go. Chef, what do you like to make? Um, something sweet. Kind of like bakery and cakes and everything. Well, sounds delicious. Katya, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. Is there any last thoughts? (laughs) Any last thoughts you want to share? Or do you think you you said it all? Uh, I don't know. I, like, never, honestly, like, know what I need to to say. (laughs) Yeah. And... I don't know. It just was. It was fun, and it was great that you asked me to do it because honestly, it was great time. So. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate <laughs> your time. So you guys heard it here first. If you're outside the top 100. Something that you can really work on and focus on. You know, we've all been there. We feel like everything's working in our game. We're practicing effortlessly. Our fitness feels good. We go to tournaments and we feel good. But what's one thing that we can work on? And that's consistency. As Katya says, if you're consistent at your high level, you should be able to do big things and make strides in your ranking. And that's something I've noticed. You know, I've competed really well against players in the top 50, but it's not consistent. I don't go out on court and feel like I'm playing as good in the first game as in, you know, the middle of the second set. So that's where the difference lies, that consistency and kind of just being in that groove from the very first point. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed this episode. It's just so crazy how December is tomorrow. This year is absolutely flying by. It it would make sense that we would be in slow motion or things would feel slow because of the COVID and people spending more time at home. But for some reason, this year just absolutely blue. It will also be interesting to see what ends up happening with Australia and the players heading to, you know, Aussie for that Aussie swing. 
of tournaments. I think the most sense would be if they did push the tournament back and like to the end of January or even February to give the players time uh, just to adjust to conditions and we'll see where Australia is with their COVID at that point. But as always, feel free to rate and review the podcast. I honestly really appreciate any support. Uh, DM me at Jules El Baba if you have any comments or questions or email me at Jules on the Hustle podcast at gmail.com. I love you guys and appreciate the support and all you listeners that are hustlers. <laughs> all right, guys. See you guys next time on Jules on the Hustle. Every day I'm hustling, every day I'm hustling, every day I'm hustling, every day I'm hustling.